Well, it is really wonderful to be here. I don't do many Mondays, but I've always made an exception for you because Mondays is our day off. <laughs> but a long time ago, I just connected with dear Anne, connected with you here, and God just said to me, you can do that one once a year. But I don't know if you did. It was just sitting there, I was doing the maths. I thought, 18, you've come of age. And I believe that... You know, we get asked to send in our title and our scripture a long time ahead. And we didn't really know where we'd be on April the 1st. We thought, in, out, shake it all about. (laughs) And it is shaken all about. And we're still in, out, in, out. And Brexit or not. Yesterday, spring sprung forward did you leap out of bed or miss your hour (laughs) and we're all leaping forward again I hadn't really worked out that April the first was going to be the first day on springtime but I just believe it's no accident you're here tonight I'm here tonight and God gave me this title bursting with life bursting with life And it was long before I knew the construct of where we were. And I just felt that God wants you tonight to take a word away with you that will shift your expectation, shift where you are, maybe shift your understanding. He wants you literally to spring forward. And yes, of course, streams in the desert. I should have made the connection, Isaiah 35, but as soon as I heard that sound burst to life, I thought, well, there's one scripture, it's Isaiah 35. So one, two, three, can you read it with me? Verses one to four. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall bloom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Now strengthen those weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those around you with feeble hearts, come on, be strong, Do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And maybe as you look at your personal life, and as we look at the nation, and dare we say the B word, you know, you might feel, well, as a nation, we're out of step with the season around us. It doesn't quite feel like spring is in our step. We still feel the confusion and frozenness of of winter. Life, certainly today, was bursting all around us. I went for a walk with Gordon and our chocolate lab and I just was stunned by the beauty of all the magnolias. They just looked stunning today. And I just looked at all that and I just thought, wow, but it's so easy to get caught up in the season of confusion, of insecurity, of overwhelming fear. But right here in this passage, God says, which perspective are you going to have? The crocus or the desert? The streams or the wilderness? Your feeble knees or God saying, come on, be strong. Your fearful heart. Or a vision of God, he says, I've got you. 
At the beginning of this year, I was down in Barnstable in the North Devon House of Prayer. And I was just praying for the nation. I was walking up and down. And I tend to not be a sitter when I pray. I learned to pray in Africa, number one. Number two, I'm really bad at praying and, and sleeping if I'm sitting. So I made especially if it's morning time, and they got a 24 hours of prayer, and they'd asked us to do the seven to nine slot. By nine, I'm okay, but seven is still a challenge. And so I'm, I was just walking. And as I was walking, Gordon was walking, and I just felt this hand in my back. And I thought it was just Gordon looked, and no one was there. And I thought, that's interesting. And so I kept on walking, and I thought, whoa, and I felt a hand again. And then as I, I just felt God say to me, I've got this. And I was praying about Brexit, the government, Theresa May, who I have to say I deeply admire. I, I cannot think of a worse job in the world than hers right now. How many would agree with me? Any volunteers right now? I just think, dear Jesus, help that precious woman. Help her. Whatever your politics, it's far beyond politics. You look at a person, you think, dear Jesus, bless her, help her, strengthen her, keep her sane in the midst of such pressure. But as I was walking, praying, I just felt the hand of God go into my back and say, I've got this. And then immediately the scripture came, Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father in heaven is pleased to give you the keys of the kingdom. And right here it says, don't be afraid. I just feel that God wants to say to you, whatever your personal situation, way outside the government, but I believe there's a swirling atmosphere of fear, intimidation, and it's triggering all sorts of things in our lives. But there's a big God who said, shh, Strengthen your feeble knees. Do not be afraid. I can save you. I can come with you. So how does this desert burst with life? What happens to this desert to bring that transformation? What is that shift that makes a desert blossom? Where does it come? And God just said to me, it's time for agitation. Time for agitation. So sorry, girls, Monday night, I've come to agitate you. I've come to irritate you. It's time for agitation. I want you to imagine you've got some seed in your hand and just agitate it. I've got some seed here and later. It's just, you see, what I discovered is some seed needs to be irritated, agitated, dug around before it germinates. I was again walking my chocolate dog and I came Labrador and I came to one of my favorite places and it's a beautiful grass bank that just dips onto a path that cuts down and as I got there there was a workman with a hammer jack just drilling all the mud up and digging all this bank and I went Hmm, not that it's mine at all, but suddenly super possessive of this little bit of grass. What are you doing? I said, it's going to look a bit of a mess. I said, I like that bit. And he said, ma'am, don't worry. So I said, why? He said, in five months, you'll have poppies all over this. I said, really? He said, oh yeah, you mark my words. Five months time, this bank will be covered with poppies. It will look beautiful. So I said, 
oh, I never knew that. And I began to walk away and then he called me back. He said, well, haven't you ever thought about it? I said, thought about what? He said, about poppies and poppy seed. It always has to be agitated before it grows. I said, no, I haven't really. He said, well, think about the field of Flanders. Next slide. And he said, think about that army. He said, you see, what happened was an army began to walk across the Flanders in France. And they walked across land that hadn't been agitated for a very long time. And as they walked and that land was dug with trenches and warfare and the soil got agitated, suddenly, next slide. Poppies began to grow and the land was so agitated that still to today, the poppy, next slide, is a mark of what happened. And as I walked away, I suddenly thought, oh wow, I thought nothing was in the land. But when we begin to agitate it, stir it, begin to move it, how does a desert blossom as a crocus? Where does it come from? The seed is in the ground, but it needs some agitation. And so still today, nobody knew there was seed in the ground of Flanders. But when the army began to agitate, dig and stir that ground, suddenly and still today, because people still visit that land, still agitate that land, still walk that land, it's never been silent in the same way. The seed keeps blooming. You see, so often we miss what's in our lives because we just let it lie dormant. And God is saying, no, don't be afraid. Get in there, girls. Dig it up, stir it round, agitate it, stir each other, irritate each other, ask each other, what have you tucked in your pockets, but what should be in the ground? Too often, we only journal the word, we don't activate it. And there's a lot of seed that needs to be agitated. So how do we agitate? Agitation of prayer. I believe there's a cry that God wants to stir in us. He wants us to reap in those fields of prayer. There needs to be that persistent stirring and agitating that begins to kick that soil and say, God, I'm coming back to that bit of land. I've let it dormant for a little while, but Jesus, I know that I know really there's some promises there, written maybe 2001, January, 18 years ago, But suddenly you look back and you begin to agitate it. You think, oh, there's something in that ground. I'm going to stir it. Isaiah 62 verse 10 says it like this. Pass through, pass through those gates. Come on, prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up that highway. Remove those stones. Begin to agitate that land of and pathway of promise. He makes a way in the wilderness. Come on, how do we agitate that wilderness. We begin to pass through it, walk on it, move the stones. Do you understand what I'm saying? We begin to say, no, this is my path. This is my way. I'm going to begin to do some work on this. Remove those stones. Raise up the banner, Jehovah Nisi. God is my victor for the nation. We have to remember there is that sowing time. There is the reaping time. But in between is a very annoying season called the growing time. And we can't do a lot about it. But just because there's not a lot we can do, we should not abandon the field in the growing time. 
And so often we do sow it well. And often we're worse at reaping it. We forget we've even sown it. But for me personally, my worst is growing it. I remember it for a little while and then I leave it. And I think, oh yeah, somewhere, January 2001, we had this promise about. And I believe God is saying, come on, stir the seed. Stir the seed. Galatians 6, 7 to 9 puts it like this. Do not be deceived. Why does it say do not be deceived? Because you're very likely to be deceived. The Bible is saying to you, watch out, watch out. You could really miss this. It's very easy to miss it because it's so simple. You forget it. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Nobody makes a fool of God. Whatever you sow, you will reap. For the one who sows to his flesh will reap from his flesh destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit eternal life. But let us not grow. What's the word there? Let us not grow. Let us not grow. Let us not grow. How many of you grow weary? It's like, I'm done. But we've got to agitate it. No, don't grow weary in doing. In doing. And you thought you were doing bad. But in doing good, for you will reap a reward in due season. If you do not give up. Come on, for our personal lives. I want you to think of what I'm preaching, both micro for your life, macro for the nation. Come on, we're going to reap a reward. How many of you believe there's promises and seeds in the ground of our nation for Britain? How many believe God have given us promises in this nation? And it might look like a wilderness and it might look a bit like a desert, but I tell you, we've got to agitate some seed. All the promises are yes and amen. And we've got to make a way where there seems to be no way and where it feels confused. And God says, do not grow weary. I think most people are weary. How many of you are weary of Brexit? How many of you weary of politics? How many of you weary of the media and the news? And it's like, and God says, do not go weary. Come on, keep doing good. For you will reap a reward if you do not give up. And we've got to remember the good news, the good stories, the good seed. Say to your friend, now is not a good time to give up. Amen. Agitate that seed. I know many of you will have heard my story. Next slide, please. But when I was 24, I was run over by a seven-ton army truck in Zimbabwe. So I apologize for the clothes, but they seemed the right thing at that time. (laughs) But that is about 60, 70 pounds of plaster. I was right up here, both legs run over by a seven-ton army truck in Zimbabwe. But this picture was the good news. I am. I'm an absolute walking miracle. Because even more than that, before I woke up, I I was in a coma. That's my little daughter, Nicola, who's now 34 years old. (laughs) And I also have a son who would not have been born if I died, who's 31, and five grandchildren. 
But before I was sitting in a wheelchair, I was lying in a coma with multi-fat embolisms in my brainstem. And they just put me in a side room. They said, let her die. But you see, there was a seed, and the seed was this. My father had spoken over me. He was a missionary. He said, you will not die, but you will live, and you will declare the works of the Lord. You will not die, but you will live, and you will declare the works of the Lord. And you see, in Zimbabwe, there were some amazing churches there, and they knew how to agitate the word of God in the ground. And I looked like a wilderness. It looked like nothing. In fact, they had called my parents. My funeral had been arranged for October the 27th, 1984. But instead, God woke me up from that coma. And believe it or not, they did all the brain scans and all the brain challenge tests. And they said, I'm completely brain normal. My kids doubt it, but I don't. Of course I'm normal. (laughs) But it took someone to walk into that wilderness place and agitate and pray and cry out. I wonder what... Wilderness places, God's taking you where you know there's some words, some promises to agitate. The agitation of prayer, the agitation of tears, the agitation of tears. Read this scripture with me from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, 2, 3. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. How many of you have ever got to that place where I don't know what to do But I just feel something. I can't articulate it, but I just can cry. Anyone had those moments? You know, those tears are not wasted. There's an agitation of tears. And there's those tears which just say, oh God, I need you. Help me. God, break through. I want to show you the next picture. Do you know what nation that is? It's Kuwait. Two weeks ago, I was in Kuwait. If ever you've had a wilderness next picture, please. We can click them through. There's a wilderness. And we're standing in the wilderness and we're praying. And in my mind, some people call me prophetic, which means that I should have a good understanding of what God's doing and where he's going. And I had in my mind, I'm in Kuwait to preach to ladies and had a concept of what that looked like, and you'll see it was very wrong. So there I am standing in the wilderness, and they said, let me just show you the new mall. So I walk from the wilderness into this unbelievable, luxurious mall, and as you walk in, in the very middle, there is this spring springing up, and it says, spring up, oh well. And I'm thinking, do they understand that's the Bible? In the midst of the wilderness springs of water and literally in that land they're fulfilling Isaiah I just stood there I could have wept I thought they don't understand what they're doing but then next slide please 
we went to this compound. I haven't put all the pictures, but you can see some of the chairs. Here is a plot of land right opposite the parliament. And this plot of land from 7 o'clock in the morning on Friday to 6 p.m. on Sunday just had congregation after congregation. And there are about nine areas like this on this compound. Over 10,000 people went through that compound to Arabic services, many um, Filipino services, multi-Indian language services, English-speaking services. And here in Kuwait, we're preaching the gospel unashamedly to over 10,000 people in a weekend. How does God do that? And do you know how it started? Because of an American missionary in the 1920-something who was there being vomited out of the land, living with the Bedouins. It wasn't rich Kuwait then. There was nothing but the emir of the land had a daughter who was going blind. And he was able to do surgery and pray for her, and she was totally healed. And so they were given this plot of land right opposite the parliament, which is still dedicated for the service of God. The funny thing is it's called NEC, National Evangelical Churches of Kuwait. I thought, this is the neck that turns the head. <laughs> Don't you think that's amazing? And out of the tears of that American missionary who was being vomited out the land, who thought everything had gone wrong just when he was on his last bread and thing, God opened a door. He used his skill, medicine, and miracles, saw the emir's daughter healed, and still today, is a sign and a wonder. Next slide, please. I think there's a couple. This was the ladies' conference we did. Three, four hundred women. We couldn't get them all in. This was in a most incredible six-star hotel. And they plastered the place with Kuwait for Christ. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to be sensitive here. You're just out there. <laughs> Don't you think that's amazing? There's your crocuses, your desert. Your streams in the desert, your crocuses. Isn't that unbelievable? Next slide, please. Do you know what that is? It's called a super bloom. And it's happening right now in California. If you Google it when you go home, if you're like me, there's some incredible YouTubes. It's called Super Bloom California. Next slide. But they are poppies. Orange and yellow poppies that have just literally hundreds and hundreds of acres. But do you know where they're growing? Where people stood last year in the devastating fires. In all those de devastating mudslides. In all the rain. In all the torrential upturning. Do you remember California had that most horrendous time? Now look. Out of the wilderness, out of the desert, turned around. And they're calling it fire has come to California. A fire of hope. Come on, what can you see? What's going to happen in our wilderness? What's going to happen with the agitation of our tears? Maybe you've stood at places and just thought, what can happen here like that American missionary? And then 70 years on, suddenly here is a compound seeing thousands hearing the word of Jesus every weekend. 
Come on. Can you see beyond the tears? Are you ready to agitate something? Isaiah 35, 1. For the wilderness and that dry land will be glad. Come on, look to that wilderness place in your life. Look to the dry land in the nation. Say, come on, you're going to be glad. We're going to see the blooming of God. We're going to see the turnaround moment. Where we thought there is nothing, there is something for the glory of God. This desert shall rejoice. It will bloom like, I haven't got crocuses, but I've got some pretty good poppies. You see, I felt God say to you, when you're in the wilderness, it often feels very hard to find the way. But God spoke to me and he said this. He said, Rachel, I'm going to upgrade the navigation skills of the church. You will be able to find your way through the difficult circumstances of the wilderness. And I will give you new grace. I will show you the way where there seems to be no way in your desert land. Often you have felt, I've reached a dead end, but I do have a way for you. I will be both a lamp to your feet in your every day, and I will reveal the broad path of your future. Do not fear. Do not be intimidated. I will give you new navigation skills, and you will find your way even in the midst of the desert. How many say, yes, Jesus, I want that. Father, we take hold of that. We thank you that you're going to show us the way when there feels to be no way. Whether it's in our personal life or for the nation, we receive that word and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So we're agitated, the seed. But what is this seed? We need to carry the seed for the nation. I woke up. Just before Christmas time, with this word ringing in my heart, Rachel, it starts with a seed. It all starts with a seed. And you see, in your lives here, there is seed. I asked you, do you have promises? Do you have expectations? Do you have a word of God? Do you have gifts? Do you have talents? Do you have something that you know is ready to be given to this land, to your family? We all have seed. And it starts with that seed. So what are the distinctives of this seed we need to agitate? Number one, this seed has variety. We'll hand out some seed at the end. But I didn't bring just one type of seed. I actually picked up a huge bag of wild bird seed and it's got all sorts of different seeds in. A lot of variety. And at different seasons of our life, I think God sometimes wants to agitate different aspects of who we are. You know, there maybe it's been the mother and looking after little ones, and then it's the grandmother, or it's the professional working woman, or it's the woman going back to study, or it's the woman who cares and shows compassion, or it's the woman in her community. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you just know that there's a different part of you being agitated, and you're just thinking, no, 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 you know, the thing is, there's no best before date on this packet seed. You can't be too old to be agitated. There's always something that God can just get hold of and say, there's more. <sighs> Come on, grow. <laughs> 
Genesis 1 verse 11 puts it like this. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, trees on the land that bear fruit with seed, according to all their various kinds. And it was so. I wonder what the seed is in your life that's been lying dormant and it's time to agitate. What is it that maybe you've journaled but you haven't scattered? What is it that the na- is in the nation that needs to be agitated? What will the new Great Britain look like? People always say to me, well, what do you think? If I'm honest, I was a Remain until God took me to Brussels for three days and he spoke to me so clearly and he said, Rachel, this nation will leave. I said, oh. And he said, and you will vote to leave. And he said, because this nation is going to disconnect to realign with my godly foundations, to reconnect, but you are not leaving Europe. You are leaving a European structure, an institution that has shaped Britain in a wrong way. And I want you to disconnect from the authority to realign to the kingdom of God, to get a new purpose onto the nation of Britain so that you can discharge your duty to serve with Europe and make Jesus look good in Britain and Europe. And that's not political. That's what I believe is our kingdom seed. I'm a Mish kid from India, grew up in Africa. In that sense, I'm not highly possessive nationally. But I do carry a deep sense we've got seed. And I do believe that Britain is a tribe amongst the nations with a distinctive seed that we need to scatter into the nations. And God wants to use us. How many agree with that? That it's time for us. So seed has variety. Seed needs to be scattered. Again and again, God has spoken to me about seed left in packets. What's the seed that you just thought, you know, good intention, especially this time of year, go to the garden thing. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. And then it somehow doesn't happen. And God's asking you, Luke chapter 8, and a farmer went out to sow his seed and he was scattering his seed and some fell along the path, it was trampled on, the birds ate it up, others fell amongst the thorns, it grew up and was choked, still others fell on good soil and it came up, yielded a crop, a hundred times more than was sown. This is the meaning of the parable and the seed is the word of God. You know, sometimes we scatter and it doesn't go brilliantly. If you've scattered some seed and nothing came, I've come here to agitate you, scatter it again. It's a new day. It's a new season. You're a different person. And so find that seed and scatter it again. Maybe you tried before and it just got humiliating or disappointing. But I feel God says, no, come on. You've got seed in your hand. There's still a word. There's still a promise. There's still expectation. It's a story of the well in its house. Oh, the courage to just say, no, we have a house at Levington Spa. We just can't find 
We have a home called, we just can't find the house to put it in and we're knocking and knocking and knocking. And thank you, Jesus, you now have your house and your home. (laughs) But you need to scatter the seed. And maybe tonight you need to be courageous. But we need to realize that our seed is supernatural. 1 Peter 1.23 says, For you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, read it with me, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So say this with me tonight. Father, I believe my seed is supernatural. You gave it to me. It's your word. It's living. It's enduring. And I trust you. And I will scatter it. Amen. Remember, this is for me and the nation. And Father, we believe that for Britain. We believe that every promise that you've given to our nation, that it is an imperishable seed. And Father, we want to pick up the seed that you've put into our hands to steward for Britain at this time. And we want to declare over it, it is a living seed. It is an enduring seed. And we ask you, God, that all that you have for Britain will grow and flourish and we will be generous in our mandate to do what you've asked us to do for the glory of God. This seed is supernatural. And finally, what about this seed? This seed carries a mystery. Seed carries a mystery. There's this little proverb, proverb, parable in Mark chapter 4. And I put it in context with its verse just before it. It says, for the one who has, much more will be given. And for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And then he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. In other words, we've all got something. But if we just withhold even the little that we have, God's not going to give you more. So we need to become good scatterers, good investors, scatter that seed. And then it goes on, and he sleeps and rises in the day, and the seed sprouts and it grows, but we know not how. That is the annoying part about God, is he's too big for me to understand, that's why he's God. There is a whole lot in the process of life that I don't quite understand, anyone like me. You do some of the sowing and you do some of the reaping, but some of this growing, there is a mystery There's a lot I don't understand why. I don't understand why when we do pray hard, it's some things grow immediately like watercress and other things are like the oak tree. But the one I wanted to grow fast seems to be in the oak tree pile. And the ones I wanted to grow slowly seem to be in the crest pile. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like, God, why can't you understand my growing and reaping seasons? There is mystery with this seed. Even when we look at Brexit and all that's happening in the nation, how many of you are perplexed, confused? It is a deep and wondrous mystery beyond all understanding. You pray and you think, now surely, and then and you think, I don't really understand. So what do we do? We just stand and we say, God, we trust you. 
We don't understand you, but we do trust you. And we lean under those everlasting arms of God. And we say, God, we will not withdraw. We will stand. And we will declare, you, the God of all things, knows what is good. And we trust you. God, I don't understand why my husband's unwell. God, I don't understand the financial situations we're facing. God, I don't understand why my house won't sell. God, I don't understand dot, 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 dot. But I trust you. I will not abandon the field. I want to just finish with this thought. You might have seen that I just put this here. And I've threaded it through the whole way. It starts with a seed. And God began to speak to me about the seed for the nation. Yesterday, was Mother's Day. How do we get legacies and generations? It starts with a seed. It starts with a mother and father having children who have children who have children. It starts with a seed. And we make nations. Someone asked me just recently, do you believe in denominations? I thought about it. I wasn't sure instantly. And then I remembered I now live in Oxford and Helen, my best friend, always says, if you don't like the question, change it. <laughs> because what I thought to myself is, I'm not sure what I think about denominations, but I do believe in tribes. There are 12 tribes in the nation of Israel and we are different tribes, different kinds, different seeds. I love that tribes, that we have diversity, yet we have completeness in the family of God. I love that in nations that we have tribes, and I'm sure tonight we've got different expressions of worship, preaching, reflection, expression. I love that we're different tribes. But it's the many tribes that make a nation. It's the variety of these seeds that actually give us our richness. In James chapter 1, verse 1, and in fact, many of the apostles in the first verse of the first book of their, theirs use this sort of expression. Greetings, I've, this is the Passion Translation. Greetings, my name is James and I'm a servant of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm writing to all the 12 tribes of Britain, of Israel, who have been sown as seeds amongst the nation. Peter uses the same. You've been scattered abroad. That language is used again and again. And God wants to take us and all our different tribes and scatter us into the nation. So here in my hand, I'm holding a gift that was given to me in January. You might have heard of it, might not. How many of you have heard of the um, Count Zinzendorf? How many of you have heard of the Moravian Revival? How many of you have heard of the 100-year prayer meeting that happened in Hernhut? Right on the German-Czechoslovakian border, there was a man called Count Zenzendorf who brought together a group of people and they literally prayed for 100 years. It can be recorded in this Jesus hut. And out of that place came an incredible revival across Europe, across Scandinavia, and across Britain. How many of you have heard of John Wesley, Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, etc., etc.? And I could carry on. Well, they all influenced 
And it was the missionaries out of those prayer meetings in Hen Hut who came into Germany, Scandinavian countries and Britain, who then brought the fire that set the whole of the Reformation and the movement of God. Why this bit of wood? Well, there were some people doing work on the Jesus hut and hen hut. And one of the big timbers of this room, can you imagine an old bill like this, which had heard a hundred years prayer meeting had collapsed and they were about to throw it out. And the prayer team that was there just felt the Holy Spirit say, no, cut it up into pieces and I'm going to tell you who to give them to and how to carve it. And so we had a wonderful girl called Sue Abrams, who I'd known 30 years ago, arrived at our house in January. She said to Gordon and Rachel, a gift from the Jesus house, her and hut, a seed for the nation. And as she gave it into my hands, I felt something deeply profound. And I just felt God saying that there's seed in our land. People have prayed hundreds of years. There's seed in Europe that needs to be agitated, not just by war, but by a new breed of Jesus people that go and kick some soil and say there's a big God that we don't need to fear. We're not leaving Europe. We're going to partner with Europe in an extraordinary way like we've always done for the kingdom of God, to carry his gospel, to make Jesus look good and take him into the nations. And so, as she gave this to me with the seed of the nation, and I've been having that stirring, I Googled it. Thank God for Google. And as I Googled it, I found that it, that quote, a seed for the nation, comes from Oxford. Comes from Christchurch, Oxford, was given to a man called William Penn. Just read this with me. There may be room for such a holy experiment, for the nations want a precedent, and my God will make it the seed of a nation, that an example may be set up to the nations, that we may do the thing that is truly wise and just." And so we're going to come and we're going to give you some seed. And I wonder, maybe the team can get ready, but I wonder if it is time for us not only to agitate the seed of our own lives, but the seed of our nation. William Penn, if I tell you his story, he was a young student in Christchurch, Oxford. His father was a big land gent. Um, landed gentleman, etc. But he got into gambling and drinking and he gambled away the whole of William Penn's inheritance. And so he should have been given a title of land in the north of England. And in the end, this young man went to um, the king and up to court and said, I don't want everything to be taken from me. And they said, well, you can have some land, but not here. We'll give you Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And so he was sent to that other land, America. And as he was praying, frustrated, fed up that he had been, his inheritance has been taken, everything had been robbed. He was thinking, what's left in my life? I've got nothing. My father, etc. Agitated. He was sitting in the library in Christchurch, Oxford. 
And he says that God spoke to him and said, no, I will give you a seed for a nation. Isn't that amazing? And in that moment, this young man, William Penn, about 25 years old at this time, said, I want to start on a holy experiment. (laughs) The nation is crying out to see what the nation, which is God-filled, will really be like. I want to set a precedent. God, let me be the seed for a nation. God, it's time for a holy experiment. Don't you think that's incredible? And that they in Henhart will bring me a carving out of a timber of 100 years and they were all carved differently. And my one would be a seed for the nation. And then we discover that that is the very mantra of Christ Church Oxford. God is unbelievable. Boom. It's making you go cold. We're right on time. <laughs> the bells. Nine o'clock is the, the time of birthing. Nine is always the number of birthing. So I wonder, as you take that seed... I want you just to reflect. What is the seed in your life? I hope you've got all sorts of different bits of seed. Have a little look. What is the seed that you need to stir? What do you need to agitate? What are the promises of God that's got stuck? What is lying in the wilderness? And you didn't even know it was there. I want you just to take a moment in the stillness and just agitate it. Say, God, I want to stir everything that's got stuck. I want you to help me find the promises of God. I want you to help me turn everything that feels like a wilderness. If you want more, there's a bit more here. Do you want a bit more? There you go. There's some nice black ones. There's different ones there. Okay. So just take a moment, just be still in the presence of God. It all starts with a seed.